Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to preach from a passage, Luke chapter 7 tonight. And I want to talk about a heart that is attracted to His presence. There are so many people that are trying to capture people, people's attention. So many things in this world that is trying to distract us in our pursuit of God. And so many people that come to church and never get touched by the presence of God. So many people caught up in religion. So many people that have departed from worshiping God. So I want to talk about authentic worship tonight, what it looks like and what it does for you when you worship Him with holy abandonment. And I want to read Luke chapter 7 from verse 36. The Bible says, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman. There's a man and there's a woman. Say amen. No, I said say amen. We're not going to get confused through Canada. The Canadians are not going to confuse us. And, and I, I, I love everybody. I love you where you are. I love you as you are. But God created male and female. I want to give the Lord a praise, okay? So the uh, Bible doesn't say there was a person. The Bible says there was a woman. And uh, we're celebrating Mother's Day. I'm getting myself in trouble here, but I don't care because it's truth. I'm on solid ground. Um, next week, we're celebrating Mother's Day. Uh, what is a mother? I see they debate in uh, Congress in America, what is a mother? Um, can a man have a baby? Yeah, that's where we're at. And our government wants to pass those very bills in South Africa that if you say what I just said, it would be deemed as hate speech. It's right now, wanting to be passed so that the gospel may not be freely preached. So we have to wake up to the hour and not attack anybody, but stand in our beliefs firm without apology. So uh, a mother, your mother is the one who birthed you. Amen. Or the one who adopted you. So uh, the Bible says there was a woman. <laughs> I've lost two of you already just on that, but that's fine. You need to go read the Bible or, or go follow some other movement. You go and follow both. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat in the table in, at the table in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of fragrant oil, stood at his feet behind him. Listen, watch picture, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. Imagine, I'm not Jesus, but imagine this is a house where we are gathered 2,000 years ago and suddenly a woman comes with long hair 
and she takes off my sandals and she touches my feet and she begins to cry. Listen, I'm going to be embarrassed. But Jesus saw what we could not see, her broken state, and that she was attracted to His presence and her tears was her worship and her need for the Messiah to touch her. That's why I say to you this morning, sometimes your purest form of worship is your tears when you are broken, when you are down, when you don't know, when you shed those tears before God, that sometimes can be your highest form of worship. And she stood behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. Amen. And she kissed his feet. I know some of you don't like feet. Thank God you're not this woman. And anointed them with fragrant oil. That's her worship. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself like people do yet tonight as well. Saying this man, if he were a prophet, he would know who... And what manner of woman this is who is touching him? For she's a sinner, a prostitute. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. You better be careful what you ask God to say to you because he's going to talk truth. And the reason he will speak truth is because he is truth and, he, and it's his truth that will bring you to freedom and liberty says there was, uh, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. How many of you have been forgiven by Jesus Christ? Come on, say amen and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, if your sins are forgiven, you can stand to your feet and give Him a better praise than that. And he says, tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? You know, self-righteous people don't love God. They point out other people's sins. People that forget what God has done for them. And by the way, we were all born in sin. We were all, we all needed God's forgiveness. The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 23, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says your works of righteousness are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So you are never good enough to qualify to get yourself in God's presence. You have God's love and God's favor and God's acceptance because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So this Pharisee looks down his nose at this woman and then he judges Jesus and he says, if he knew what kind of a woman this was. She was unclean. And she touches a rabbi. She touched a Messiah. More than that, she embarrasses herself. Think about it. It's a room full of men. And she's the one that presses in, humbles herself, and she begins to weep. And all those men must have thought, what the heck? Or they look like some of you. But it was her worship. And I want to warn you tonight, or caution you tonight, not to rate our worship or somebody else's worship. It may seem foolishness to you, but maybe it is just what that person needs to do to receive something from God. Because that person is not worshiping you. That person is worshiping the living God. That woman needed a touch from heaven. And the way she was going to receive her touch was to come in a broken state, to come in a state of honesty, to humble herself. 
and to worship Jesus with her tears and to wash his feet and wipe his feet. And Simon looks and Jesus talks about two people forgiven. And he says, tell me which one will love him more? The one who remembers that he's forgiven, the one who never forgets, the one who will always return, living dependent upon the grace and the mercy of God. And Simon answered and said, I suppose he whom he forgave more. And he said, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and he said to her, do you see this woman? I entered your house. Now he's preaching about it. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven you. What we see here is a woman that yes, Jesus is in town at CRC. And she's attracted to the presence of Jesus in the state that she is, broken as she was. She comes for one purpose and that is to worship. And I want to talk about that heart of worship. It is a heart that is pure, not merely an act. It is a heart that hungers. It is a heart that is broken. It is a heart that is desperate. It is a heart that is expectant to receive something from their master. Isaiah 29 verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as those people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. We've seen it. This COVID pandemic, as I fly, not away to glory, but to Johannesburg, I see how parking lots have emptied after COVID. How many people have turned away from God? How many people have become lukewarm? A sign of the end times that the Bible says, in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. But I'm telling you today that God is going to raise up a generation that will fall in love with Jesus Christ, a generation that will worship God. Come on, in holy abandonment, a generation that will be God chasers, a generation that will be unapologetic, a generation that says the world behind me and the cross before me. Come on, if that's you tonight, give Him a loud praise in this place in Jesus' name. He says, Therefore, behold, I will again do marvelous work among the people, a marvelous work of wonder. I want to say to you tonight, you better get ready for God to do wonderful things in your life. You better get ready for God to do wonderful things in our world before the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to see the greatest revival. Come on. We're seeing these services filling up. Johannesburg filling up. We're going to see a youth revival here in Pretoria because God said so. We're going to see a move of God on every campus, every school. We're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Come on, CRC. Come on, young people. This is your time to worship up, to stand up, to speak up to make Jesus more famous in your generation. Not to judge the agenda of those in the world, but to worship your King, your Lord and your Messiah. 
We need to worship God like never before because this move of God will be preceded by a move of worship. And I said it this morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday. I can't even remember. God talks to me, I think, in my sleep. Two o'clock in the morning always. I don't know why it's two o'clock, but it's always between two and three. He talks to me, wakes to me, wakes me up and said, I need to have meetings. I'm going to have uh, three weeks of meetings starting in Bloemfontein and uh, uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and it will not be broadcasted. It will solely be for the people in Bloemfontein, those who are hungry. And then uh, Pentecost will fall here in Pretoria. We're going to have a week of revival meetings right here. And it's going to be worship revival and preaching revival. And then we are going to go to Johannesburg and I'm going to break certain things open and uh, rekindle the flame, rekindle the fire and, 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 and under the anointing see who the next ones are that God is raising up. Because there are too many that, are, that have to carry the fire where the fire is no longer burning. Too many leadership that have become stale. No longer burning torches for God. It's going to change. I said it's going to change in Jesus' name. So we need to worship God like never before with hunger and desperation. We need to worship Him in our highs and our lows, in our valleys, on our mountaintops, in the fire, out of the fire. When life, life knocks you to the ground, like Job, like David, as I preached this morning, you have to look up, worship up, get up, Dress up and get yourself back in the house of God and worship up. Say amen in Jesus' name. You have to come into God's presence with an attitude of expectation because it's heartfelt worship that moves your Father. It's worship from the heart that honors Him. It's worship that is filled with sacrifice that get God's attention. Like David said, I never give God anything unless it costs me something. Your worship has to cost you something. Waking those kids up in the morning when it rains and getting yourself to church is an act of worship. Bringing your offering and your tithe is an act of worship. Driving a hundred kilometers, we have many people who do that, to come to church is an act of worship. It's easy to stay at home and watch the Hilach television. But when you say, I will go to the house of the Lord, there's a sacrifice because that's where you found God and that's where you found your wife and that's where God blessed you. So you always return to that place of blessing to worship Him because it keeps you in a place of dependence and humility every time you return and you worship Him. It's worship in spirit and truth. That is what God is after. John chapter 4, Jesus said to the women at the well of Samaria, verse 22, you worship what you do not know. We know who we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I know there's a lot of cool out there, but listen, we need more than cool. We need hearts that are ablaze, hearts on fire. We need people that are God chasers, people that are hungry for God. We don't have to stand and try and be cool as young people. We have to be a hungry, sold out generation for the presence of God. Cry out for God when nobody else cries out. Have a prayer meeting when, no, when everybody else is praying. You be that one. 
So to worship God in spirit and truth means that your heart and your soul is engaged. The heart is the seat of your emotions and feelings. And by the way, scientifically, it's proven that your heart can think as well. Do you know that? That your heart has feelings as well. That your heart has similar receptors to your brain. That you can think with your heart. That's why when you hurt, where do you hurt? Not in your head, but in your heart. When God talks to you, where does He talk to you? In your heart. That's why your heart has to engage first. Your heart has to be in what you do. Your heart is, is, is where your passion emanates from. Your heart is where you respond to God. That's why we do not worship Him merely with mental assent. We engage Him with our hearts. And sometimes people look at people that are emotionally engaged and they think, well, that can't be right. How do you love your wife without emotion? How do you love your child without emotion? Emotion is what God gave you. We were taught that the way we serve God is this religious way where we just say the right things. That's not what God is after. God is after people that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Their hearts are engaged. Their mind is engaged. Their will and their intellect is engaged. They love God as Jesus said in Matthew 22 verse 37. He said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. And that's how we worship God. That's why, you know, uh, our beautiful musicians, no, come on, give a hand up for all our musicians over South Africa. They know that our worship is more than just singing songs from mind to mind. It is worship that comes from the heart, worship that is meaningful. Worship where those words actually come from the heart, not from the mouth. We're in the midst of your crisis or in the midst of your success. Your heart is still set upon Him. And worshiping Jesus is always at the center of your life. He is your main attraction as He was for this woman, not for everybody else. Think about it for a moment. She comes into the house. The house is full of people. I mean, everybody is there. Jesus is talking to them and they are all onlookers and she's not. She comes and she engages in a way that we might not agree with or maybe too demonstrative think about it if you were there what would your thoughts be but she came to Jesus out of need she came because she wanted him not what he could give her she wanted his love and his acceptance and I'll tell you this you will find love and acceptance in one place not in the arms of another man not through success, not more money, but you will find your significance and you will find your self-esteem in the presence of Jesus, in the place of worship. So she comes and she loves Him, listen, completely. She loves Him desperately. Like you watch uh, young people fall in love and they're desperate for one another's attention. Amen. <laughs> Some young people um, desperate, desperate in their pursuit, desperate to win that young girl. She's desperate for the Jesus. She loves Him wholeheartedly. She loves Him extravagantly. She loves Him unreservedly. She loves Him expectantly. 
She loves him humbly. She lowers herself. She embarrasses herself, not to Jesus, but to all the onlookers. Sometimes people look at us and they look at people that worship God or they look at the lady that is crying out to God or the person that is shouting and they have an opinion. Listen, keep your opinion to yourself. You don't know why that person is crying. You don't know why the person is shouting. You don't know where that person is in their life. Let them be and you be a worshiper. You be a lover of God. You love God extravagantly. You love God completely. You love God with all your heart. You love God unreservedly. You worship God with everything in you, in Jesus' name. And you stop looking at everybody else and be distracted by everybody else. I really, listen, believe that many people need a breakthrough in worship. I really believe this. I really believe that, that, that worshiping God unreservedly holds such a key for release and such a key to walk in the blessing that God has for you. And so many people have never ever entered that place. And I, I, you know, I'm not your inspector. But when you pastor people long enough, you can see those who never enter in. I don't watch you. I stand with my back to you. I don't watch you. But some of you have never lost yourself in worship. Especially my brothers. Brother Pastor. Brother Ed. Brother Art. Brurat. They've never come to experience worship. I pray to God tonight and the Sunday nights that I'm going to preach leading up to Pentecost that you will somehow separate yourself in the midst of this crowd like David did. I mean, he was king and when the presence of God came, he embarrassed himself in the sight of his eyes. He danced before the Ark of the Covenant and we'll get there in, in days that lie ahead. The way he demonstratively praised and worshiped God. I mean, some of you, the, you, the, the most you move when, when you come into the presence of God is the little toe in your shoe and nobody can see that. The highest you've raised your hand is yeah. And when you think about raising your hand higher, you suddenly scratch your ear because you feel embarrassed, etc. You need to get beyond that. You need to get to extravagance. You need to get to abandonment. You need to get to loving God. Oh, come on now, man. I don't care how conservative you are. Give Him a praise tonight. If you are a conservative person like I was, lift your voice. Come on, you can. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. This has nothing to do with culture. It's got everything to do with your engagement with the living God. Come on. If the Lord has been good to you, if you love God, if you know He's the way, the truth, and the life, worship Him extravagantly. Pour out your love, your adoration, your praises, your acclamations. Shout unto God. Say to God, I love you. Come on. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, come on just for a moment. Shout your praises. Shout your worship. Shout your adoration. Move those lips that God gave you. Get beyond your silent little tone. Come on, clap a little bit louder. 
If you've never clapped your hands in church, now's a good time to clap in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Okay, um, not that I rate your worship, but for some of you, it's one out of ten. You better get ready and get hungry and uh, uh, be like a child and let go of this control. Break the shackles off my feet. Oh, come on, somebody. Break the shackles off my feet in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, tonight. Break the shackles off my feet. Break the shackles off my feet. Come on. Come on, praise Him. Praise Him for what He's going to do. Praise Him for your family. Praise Him in the midst of your crisis. Praise Him in your darkness. Praise Him because of His goodness. Praise Him because of His favor. Praise Him because of His loving kindness. Come on, give Him an extravagant praise, an extravagant worship. Amen, amen. We, 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 we are at three. Three. Eins, zwei, drei. Three. Yes. Oh, come on. Don't wait for somebody else. You be the one. Don't wait for somebody else. You give the praise. Don't wait for somebody else. You be extravagant. You love it. Come on, girl. Come on, boy. Come on, man. Come on, sister. You're going to praise yourself out of your depression. You're going to praise yourself out of your valley. You're going to praise yourself out of your sickness. You're going to praise yourself out of that demonic addiction. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're at five, level five. We're going up, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up. We're going up, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up. We're going up. Come on, when praise goes up, heaven comes down. When praises go up, heaven comes down. We're going up, 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 up. And I don't care if it makes sense to your mind. 
Let your spirit go, let your spirit go, let your spirit go, let your mind go, let your voice go, let your hands go, let your feet go. You praise Him extravagantly, you love Him extravagantly, you worship Him extravagantly. In the name of Jesus. Take your seat. Take your seat, take your seat, take your seat. Some of you are trying to fix yourself and you're not going to fix yourself. Hear me carefully. You have to lose yourself. Some of you want to change things, you're not going to change things. You have to allow Him to change you, but He's the key. And it's as simple as this. This woman, listen, listen, before I let you go. You say, go away, not home. Listen, I know the Holy Ghost, and I know when God's presence comes upon me like this. It's going to be um, a fantastic time, but I'm going to shake people, especially young pastors. And uh, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm going to grab you. I'm going to grab you by the Holy Ghost and shake you loose. If you do not get loose in worship, I'm going to be God's hand. The hand of the Lord. The hand of the King. I'm going to shift you. Not just my pastors, my young brothers as well, 60 years old. Some of you've never danced in church. Some of you've never been free. You've never. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of you and, and you are going <laughs> to... You are going to get beside yourself. You are going to get out of yourself. You've got to get out of your depression. You are going to get out of your sickness. You are going to get out of your misery. You are going to get out of your sadness. You are going to get out of your sorrow. You are going to get out of feeling sorry for yourself. You are going to get out of the pit in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Ghost is going to come as you are. Oh, come on! Ghost is gonna get a hold of you. The hand of God is gonna come upon you and he's gonna shake you. He's gonna come like a mighty rushing wind. Tonight, his presence is on some of you and you are standing stuck. You better work with the Holy Ghost tonight. God's gonna loose you. Break that addiction. Break, 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 break. In the name of Jesus tonight, come on. Oh, my brothers, God is after you. God is after you. God is after you. Come on. Just move a little bit. Move to the left. Move to the right. Move, 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 move in Jesus' name. We're staying at level five. Take that. Sit down. 
I want to say it again. She loved him completely. She loved him desperately. You know when you love somebody completely, you don't even care what other people think. She loved him wholeheartedly. She loved him extravagantly. She loved him expectantly, humbly. She loved him broken, because she was. And it was in that place of worship that all her needs were met. While other people looked on and criticized her, it was her act of worship that healed her. Her sins, which were many, were forgiven. Her shame was removed as she poured worship on Jesus, deemed unworthy by the Pharisees, by religion. Her brokenness was healed. We don't know what she's been through, but she was a broken woman. All the others had it so-called together. Simon, Pharisees, keepers of the law. She was unclean. And she comes into the presence of Jesus, broken, weeping. And He heals her. Where she felt true love and acceptance for the first time was in the presence of Jesus. Her self-esteem, her dignity restored. Something religion can never do. She discovered who she was for the first time in her life, like that woman at the well of Samaria, who had five husbands, the one she had, was not her husband. Jesus loved her where she was, as she was. And it's His love that changed her and healed her, that delivered her. See, my dear friend, your will is not enough to break that addiction off of your life. It is coming into the presence of Jesus, loving extravagantly, worshiping extravagantly. She was labeled by man, listen, but she left marked by the love of Jesus Christ. What did this woman actually come and do? She came to give herself to Jesus. She brought herself. She gave everything. Her tears, her fears, her pain, her hurt. How she was labeled, rejected, an outcast. She came and gave herself. And that is true worship. When we give ourselves to Him. Not a part of us, but everything. That's where worship starts. When you realize that you need a Savior and you realize that you are lost and you realize you don't have it all together and you make your way to Jesus. Who knows what she was thinking? Who knows what she was going through? But she was broken. She was a sinner. She was labeled. Maybe she grew up in a synagogue. I don't know. Like many people grew up in church and some way they strayed away from God. 
And every other thing became an attraction to them. I believe God is calling people back tonight. Like this woman who came and made her way back to Jesus to surrender all to Him. And tonight, whether you're standing in this place, in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, in Durban, in Kimberley, Pochefstroom, in one of our many churches tonight, you are not in this meeting by accident. You may be a man tonight, but you see yourself in this story, that somewhere you've got lost. Somebody, you, somewhere you strayed away. And tonight God is calling you to come and to surrender all to Him again. And He's there waiting for you, not as a judge. He never judged her. She came unclean and when she touched Him, she became clean. Tonight you have to come and you have to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you're standing here tonight, you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. Maybe at one time you served God, but you've grown cold and you've wandered away from Him. Then your act of worship tonight is to give yourself back. Make your way back to the foot of the cross and re-surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God has been speaking to you throughout the service. And tonight you say, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to give Him all tonight. If that's your cry tonight all over this place, wherever you are, forget your friends. They're in Bloemfontein, on the floor of the balcony, in Johannesburg, in all the churches, right where you are tonight. You feel it tugging at your heart, it's the Holy Spirit. And tonight you don't care what people think or say. Tonight you want to come back to Jesus and give Him everything. If that's the cry of your heart and desire of your heart, then quietly wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you tonight all over this place. Lift your hand up high all over this place. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you many hands. Raise it up, 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 raise it up. That is your sacrifice. That is the incense that God wants from you. You're coming tonight and surrendering all to Jesus. One more time before I pray. If you've not yet raised your hand tonight, tonight you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to come back to Jesus. I need a fresh start with God. If that's you tonight, quietly, just raise your hand. Ek wil lewe oorgee aan die Heere vanavond. Vannig daar waar jy is, tel jy hand op. Dankie, dankie, dankie. I want you to put your hand on your heart and forget about everybody but the one who touched you. His name is Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, where you've been, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus never asked this woman, where were you? What did you do? How did you get into this heck of a state? He just allowed her to be. And as she loved Him, He healed her. As she touched Him, He delivered her. As she poured into Him, He poured into her. And tonight you're going to leave this place totally changed by the love of Jesus Christ. You'll never be the same again. Say this tonight. Say, Jesus. Say it. Say, Jesus, thank You for loving me just as I am and where I'm at. I heard You tonight and I've come to You because I need you. 
I realize I cannot live without you in my life. So I give my life back to you. I give it all. I surrender all. I open my heart and I invite you to take your place in my life. As my Lord and Savior, thank you that you went to the cross and you died in my stead for all my sin. I believe with all my heart. You rose from the grave and I believe you're alive. And I believe you're able to change me, to heal me and to deliver me forever. I'm sorry that I lived without you. Forgive me every sin. Tonight I repent and I turn to you and I give my whole life to you. Thank you that you receive me as I am, that you cleanse me, you wash me, you purify me, you make me whole. I receive freedom and forgiveness of all sin. And I give you praise. And I say it. You are worthy. And from this day, I will serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.